first of all, thank you, Dr. Parsa, for having agreed to record this episode with me. I'm very honored and excited to be having this conversation with you. Um, in today's episode, we will be addressing quite a broad topic uh, in quite a short period of time, but we want to be discussing your experience about women in Iran. And perhaps before we dive into that topic, it would be great if we could just start with a brief introduction of who you are and what kind of work you've done in the past. Thank you very much for invitation. My job is, uh, I'm a non-resident scholar at the Institute for Middle East in Washington, D.C., and I work with the Iran program, and I work focus on women issues. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I've been uh, reading some of your articles online, and I, I think your, your career seems um, very rich on the one hand, but extremely impor- important on the other hand. And um, from the way I understand it, that you've studied political ideologies of democracy and civil movements in Iran, particularly focusing on the role that women play in these movements. Um, What inspired you to to start with this stuff? Yeah, this is my life. Uh, When I was a high school student, I became political activist. And uh, because of um, these activities for human rights and especially women's rights. I was just before uh, arrested because of that and I left Iran. So I lived in different countries and Denmark. And for the last 10 years, I am living in the US. All these years, I think it is 38 years uh, now, uh, I have been working on the topic of democracy and human rights in Iran and made the question how Iran can be a democratic country and how women uh, can get their rights. So that's something I have been passionate all my life. I studied political science and I got my PhD and all these years have been working on this topic. And I'm so happy now I work with that women's issues uh, in Washington, D.C., can connect with so many uh, women who have the same passion. So that is the uh, background for my inspiration and work with the human rights and women's rights in Iran. Wow, that's quite the story. So you said you were arrested in, in your youth? Uh, no, uh, no, I, I didn't arrest it. Uh, some of my friends were arrested. Uh, even uh, they were high school students, even they were only 14, 15 years old, they were arrested. Uh, I was only 15 years old or 16 years old when I became political activist. And it was after the Islamic revolution. Uh, there were so many groups and uh, um, especially women were very active after the Islamic revolution to uh, working on women's rights. And we, they were, some years was open to talk about what are our rights, what are our vision for a new future Iran. So that's uh, I something I started so young, so many years ago. And that thing is something I'm going to continue the rest of my life. 
Yeah, it, it sounds like your your passion project in a way, especially <laughs> since you. So I'm just having a hard time imagining. So you were 15, 16, not even a full woman yet, you know, uh, just uh, just in your teenage years. And and you said that there was the Islamic revolution. So maybe just to our listeners who might not have any knowledge of this, can you explain what that was? So you want to. Um, yeah, when I, the Islamic Revolution, so I was very young. I was actually in the middle school, uh, but it was, uh, of course, as a political atmosphere. Everyone in some way was activist, and we want to, uh, we talked about the, um, the future of Iran, and it was very exciting. So that's um, that time. Um, I was one of the millions of Iranians who became activists. So everyone in a kind of was activist. Um, so, and women, that time when we, uh, the Islamic revolution happened, so people, especially women, uh, we think we get more freedom than something we will achieve. But the, unfortunately, the process was the opposite. Some of the uh, rights that women had achieved they lost it. For example, um, the legal age for marriage, before the revolution, it was 18, but after the Islamic revolution, it was nine. And after 20 nine years, years fight. Yes, yes. Uh, it, after 25 years fight, it, now it is 13. So the legal age for marriage for women or for girls is 13. And for boys is 15. And today, Iranian women fight to that the legal age for marriage should be 18 again. Like many other countries and according to the UN, all human on the age of 18 are children. And they are so, uh, they're not ready to have a family and marry and get children themselves, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the brain stops developing when you're 25. So it's definitely <laughs> yeah. uh, quite premature to to start thinking about these kind of responsibilities. Okay, so so a super interesting time to, to be alive, in a sense, is that for the first 15 years of your life, um, it seemed like women's uh, rights were going up in Iran in general, and then the, the Islamic revolution happened, and then started going backwards again and the progress that was made in some cases I believe were lost but I, I this is something that I definitely want, want to dive in deeper but maybe before before we we go into that topic it would be very interesting to know uh, a little bit more about the type of research you've done you said 35 years of your life you dedicated to these topics <laughs> uh, that's that's yeah. already starting to be a massive backlog of of knowledge so what's sort of the major things that you've learned uh, through your research? And, and as I said, on the main question I made for myself is, uh, is how we can have a democratic country of the society, how women uh, can have their rights, how can we have a gender equality? So that's uh, part of many years I was thinking, okay, is uh, maybe, it's a religious fundamentalism. So I was working with a political Islam and it was maybe it's poverty. So I was working with the uh, economy and that. So what is learned about the um, 
the question how we can answer, how we can build a democratic country is have several aspects. We cannot just say, okay, if we change the law, so we can have a democratic uh, society. If we change the government, so we have a democratic country. If we have help, for example, for women, if we um, do help women to be economic independent, so we can support them or education. So there are all different aspects. They work together. It's like a a net of everything. So you have to work with all of these aspects to support a, a country or a society become a democratic so this is a process that is a, a long process. And we cannot, with, with the war, so just bump a country to, uh, to democracy. So it's about the change the law, it's about economic empowerment, about education, about civil society, about the political and uh, social freedom. It's so many uh, aspects of, of this so we can say, okay, we move uh, toward democracy. And women is a part of it. And if you look at the children, it's another part. And uh, so it is huge. And the other thing I learned for dem- democracy, we need to ourselves be democrat. People who are in their mindset, um, they think like a dictator built a dem- democratic country. So they have to learn themselves the way they uh, behave towards their family, towards friends, be a democrat person in their life, and then to understand deep what is what does it mean. So that's for a country like a, yeah, Scandinavia, or that is you take it for granted, you don't think. Of course, of course, I have, you have a freedom to choose this and this, you have freedom to freedom of expression, freedom of opinion or religion, but this is something we have to practice. Iranians learn to practice, to accept, okay, if there's one Muslim and the other person is not Muslim or maybe Christian or not have any religion or atheist or Buddhist or whatever, they just respect and accept a person that they, are also Iranian and uh, they have right to be there and have their own religion. So that is not only in the law, but in the culture. So everyone accepted, everyone accept the way they, people choose their lifestyle. If they want marry or they not marry or they have children or not or whatever education, they have freedom to be what want to be. So that is, also cultural. So that is so many layer of democracy that takes long time. And I think it's never ending. You always developing country, even uh, in Finland or Sweden, that is very highly democratic countries, but still I think there are things people should do. The politician, the civil society, there's always work in progress. You make it better and better and better so that is i think i learned and be patient and say okay what can i do what specific work i can uh, do to promote democracy in iran and the focus is women because i am woman 
Mm -hmm. uh, and I uh, really understand and have compassion for uh, what women are um, experiences in Iran. So that's, um, that's my field. So that I'm focusing women and women's rights. You're definitely painting a picture of something very complex and, and large. And I think as humans, when, when we start talking about this massive change that has to touch all layers of society, including, you know, the, the, the cultural and the, the psychological side of it, we might have a tendency to be a little bit like, wow, that's, that's really overwhelming. Like, I, I, I don't know where to start because there's so much to do. And um, so in that sense, it's, it's amazing that you've then picked quite a niche area from the angle of women. And it also sounds like you're, you're empowering women then to, to step up and do something about their situation. Am I understanding that right? Yeah, my, my um, work is um, research and publication. Yeah, and uh, uh, it's um, also um, empowering. It's, uh, I think it's uh, to bring their voice. Iranian women get empowered to uh, know they are not alone. So they, uh, their voice can be heard. So everything is happening. So we try to reflect and publish it and discuss what's happening and figure out how we can help these women. So my, my work is not, right now it's not activism, mm -hmm. it's uh, more uh, research and publication and have a connection with uh, women organization in, in the US and around the world, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think since we're on the topic of women and, and also bringing, you know, um, their voice voice to the world in a way i think that's that's the work that you're doing here is creating awareness not only in iran but also you know for people like me who can access your articles um and i, I think one of the the topics that i i noticed you wrote about is that it seems like in iran given some of the hardships that that women have faced and are facing today that they are they are quite a strong unified group can you open a little bit more about this? I think you mentioned it in one of your articles called The Role of Women in Building Iran's Future. Yeah. Um, country of Iran, first, as we say the country, it's not a homogeneous group of one nation. There are different nationalities. There are uh, Turk and uh, or Azerbaijan, Kurdish people, Armenia, and... Uh, Lor and Baluch, and there are, I think, 11 different ethnic groups. So they have different culture, they have different language. There are also different religions in Iran, people who believe in different, they have their religion, they are Zarathustrian and they are um, Christian, and they are um, Sunni Muslims. There are different uh, people with different ideas and religion and culture. So we have this huge country with a different um, interest and culture. Women have the same um, problems. If there is a law, for example, and uh, that a woman cannot decide who she wants to marry, his father or brother can, can decide, especially father, they decide marry. And when she wants to divorce, it's, it's also extremely difficult. And if she has uh, children, 
so she cannot keep her children. The boys was only to boys and get to seven years, and then the man has uh, the guardian children, and the man can reject that a mother can see her children in a divorce case. And no matter they are Kurdish or Fars or they are Jew or uh, Christian or Muslim, it's the same feeling, it's the same problem. Or there are many other laws, like, like a domestic violence. If, if a man is uh, violent, and there is, he will not be punished. They say, okay, that is your fault. If you go to the police and they say, say, here, I'm hurt and, and I broke in my leg or my arm. So that is your fault. But what you have maybe done something wrong. So you go and obey your husband. So no matter you, which um, ethnic, my, ethnic um, belonging you have or belief is the same harm you you get you know it's the same so so we have this um connection and we understand what does it mean to be uh, if they rape if it's about child marriage it's about uh, violence uh, if about uh, uh, street harassment is uh, street harassment is if no matter they are where they come from or even they're old young that I think that connect women all together and to figure out how we can help each other. So how we can help change this. One of these things uh, we have experienced for the last um, few years about uh, to freedom to choose uh, your clothing. There are especially young women, they don't want to have their any veil. They just want to show their hair to be free like other women. But they get praise. Uh, that that is a crime. If a woman go without any um, hair scarf on the street, it, uh, she will be sentenced to fifteen years in prison. That is the punishment. So that's that's also an example that women can work together. This is something cannot be understood. Understood why a person, a young woman, can go to prison only because he hadn't had any way. Yeah, it's not acceptable. So that's the reason I think women are so much confronting the Islamic Republic of Iran. This is, it's not a, it's a tension. They try to control women, mm-hmm. but women don't accept. Just last week, a skier in Iran, she was rejected by her husband to leave the country so that's uh, that's another law that if a woman wants to get a passport mm-hmm. or want to leave the country, she needs uh, official permission from her husband that she may leave the country. No matter the woman is a member of the parliament or a minister or an ordinary housewife, every woman in Iran, they need permission from her husband. But there are some cases, men, do not give permission to their wives that they can live. Yeah. And there are some cases, the football player and uh, <laughs> they're famous, well-known in sport, and they couldn't live because their husband prevented them. Even they couldn't get a passport. So that's a, that's a problem for every woman, no matter their education and their social status. Mm. Um, age or ethnic 
group or what is uh, a religion. So that's, I think that's the reason women is uh, so much uh, united and want to make change. It sounds like the disadvantage is universal. Like yes, nobody is safe. No matter how much you achieve in life or how much status or money you get, you can still be touched by by these these laws and and customs. Um, yes. So, given that that's the case, and then given that there's maybe this compassion and empathy that women have towards each other across all these other societal, religious, ethnic lines. Um, we're talking about half of the population, right? That's currently being controlled. So do you see that there's there's hope for the future if women started mobilizing, if they started working together? Because it's it's quite a big chunk, right? Uh, that's That's maybe the advantage of being a minority is that in numbers, we aren't really a minority. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think in, uh, women stand in front line. Women, <laughs> you cannot have uh, have a democratic country without half the population. Mm-hmm. You cannot have a, a democratic society without um, all this law discriminate uh, women. We have we need to change all of them. So we, it's very important women's movement, women's um, any action women do in, in Iran is so it's it's so vital and we uh, experiencing that men also began to support women and they could say that's unfair and women is not accepted as a human being as a full human being it's like a half according to law a punishment or um, if a car for example hit a, a person that the punishment of the, uh, is different, a compensation. The, the victim is a man or, or woman. Uh, there are so many, uh, I can find hundreds of so many law that uh, you can see is, is different for uh, so what is the law for women? What is the law for men? And the law for women is, um, is yeah, this discriminate women. It's not a, you're not a, an equal human being. So the, I think the first thing women want in Iran is be accepted and respected as a human being. Before you think it is a, is a, a female or male, but human, not be accepted. That is something it touch everyone. And of course, men they can look at their mothers and daughters and sisters. Of course, they can say, and they also they suffer. So they want to support their daughters and mm-hmm. sisters, yeah? This, therefore, there's also, yeah, this is the, um, we have the entire society to make change. And it begins with women, I think. And uh, you mentioned that women these days are, are angry or frustrated because I, I think it's so obvious, right? If a car hits you and as a woman, you get compensated less, it means that... <laughs> your body is worth less you know yes. there's less potential value it's it's a very clear-cut case i think in that sense so something that i've i've again read from your research is that in iran it's 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 quite an interesting history where on the one hand you have a really long history of women's activism 
the education rates, for instance, are quite high. At least they, they were going up at some point. And then then there's the whole Islamic revolution and Islamization that's been happening. And these are kind of very opposite forces that have been happening in a relatively short period of time. Even within your lifetime, I'm sure that there have been a lot of changes. So is the general sentiment now, today, starting to be that women are upset, that they they want to to change things they want to to fight for their rights and they're also getting more external support from non-women like their their husbands their mm-hmm. their brothers their family members and, and so forth yeah education and say it's uh, also also interesting um many traditional families uh, in iran after the islamic revolution they said their daughters to uh, to school and to university. And it's not only the middle class, also the lower class, they send their daughters to have education because having education means they could get better job and maybe better husband. <laughs> so it is, um, it was a like a competition among Iranian women to have an education. That's the positive thing that um, we have uh, 60% of students uh, were women. And that um, the Islamic Republic became concerned. There are so many women and they are working hard, very hard, more than men, because they should stay home. So therefore, women say, and we work hard. We want to decide for ourselves as a human being. That's, I think that's the new technology and access to internet and the social media and the understanding what's happening in, in outside Iran. That what is uh, one of the inspiring women to have education, want a job. Uh, they want not only have uh, just a family, children, they want uh, be independent from their husband. So there are huge change from my mother generation to uh, so my daughter generation. So that is a huge shift. But the contrast you can see, when you can see uh, Iran's population who are very young, I think um, 50% of Iranians under age of 35, so Iranian people are young. And it goes against the, their culture, their norms, their values with this very traditional discriminatory Islamic law. They call it Iran's Islamic law. That, for example, she cannot travel without man's permission. She, she's not a, an equal person. That's tension. So these yeah. high-educated women, they don't accept that. I want to have freedom. So that's uh, that's interesting. So I, I don't think they can continue in this way. It needs to be changed. Because if the majority of women don't want it, so how many years they can keep it like that? So this will be changed. Exactly. Because I'm, I'm just thinking from the psychological aspect here is that, sure, people can be controlled and people have been controlled, especially with these very strict laws and rules and and putting someone into a corner. But usually it also includes the the fact that 
you you strip away the person's uh, power, which mm. is partially definitely done, but you also strip away their education and their lack of awareness, and you isolate them as much as possible. And this is how you keep them in in that powerless position where it's really really hard to to claw your way out. But like you said, that's not really the reality that that is happening in Iran right now. Is that people are aware and they already have the education. So from an Islamic point of view, maybe the damage has been done, so to say. There is this mindfulness and this kind of a cultural revolution in a way where where people are saying that, you know what, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are so many uh, Iranian journalists and artists and activists have been arrested in prison or they had to leave Iran and be a, like a refugee and immigrant mm. in other European countries or in the US, Canada. So they just left. But there is awareness, yes. Even very um, traditional family. Uh, you can see the young Iranian women under age 25, 24, they know their rights. They, they say, I, I choose my partner. So that sometimes uh, that is a conflict between the father and the daughter because they, they, they don't obey these uh, rules. And there's, um, there was a case that the, a young girl, she was in love with the, another man and she ran away with him. But the father, um, I think the police, uh, they um, found her and delivered to the, her dad, and her dad killed him. Uh, oh. And it's called honor uh, killing. And oh, that yes. is the one of the other um, problem in Iran. So that's uh, give, uh, it's like a man, the father, he owned his daughter, and he wants to think he's protecting her. He wants to choose who she would marry. But we have also this uh, tension between generations. There's a younger generation, the older generation. Um, so no matter they are, even they can be Islamic, they believe in Islam, but they don't want to rule that is strict law. They say, oh, it's not Islam, Islamic law. They don't want to follow them. That's uh, So that is the tension. That is the conflict between and the regime and the people and the people yeah that's a really really important um, i think distinction to make as well that the, this tension can exist in those micro environments like a family that it, it's not only with with the government and you said that awareness has gone up but at the same time if there is where awareness is there still a lot of fear because i think the repercussions of going against the regime like you said are still very bad going to 15 years of prison can destroy a person there there are all these consequences of then acting according to to what you believe in so how afraid would you say women are i think fear is only one reason for not the you cannot see huge uh, protests, a thousand of women can uh, have activities. So it is, of course, it's very dangerous. They can get arrested. It's the only uh, part, but I think the main challenge we have in think clearly what is the alternative? So what is which society want to build in, in detail? So that is, so everyone 
ready to to change but what is the the other the alternative society the alternative law coalition between different groups there there is not clarity what do we want how we want to change it i think what of mm-hmm. the um strategies that is something um for example the, all this the law against women so they can feel it with their body and their family and they and they how they harm their themselves but they don't have any strategy okay what is the plan how we can transform this to a better society that uh, we have in we have equality and this transformation is not easy it's not that just we cannot transform with just a revolution or another government we have to think very deeply and think about all the aspects how we can make this transformation and i think that's something that you also discuss quite a lot in in your work building the future and and what it takes to build the future um do you have any concrete examples of of how that that could potentially be started uh let's say that today women say enough is enough we want to make something better what would sort of your recommendation be to to start this movement yeah that's i think it's uh first of all they have to get together and then be clear you know they have some agreement so what is uh they want to change and um all together it's not only uh, activist but uh, involving men the first thing they have to do involving men men um that um women's issues is not only about women it's about entire society and it's also men's issues so that's uh um women create these uh groups with men so to how how men can uh, support them let let's see about this honor killing how men or men be active and say to to other fathers that is wrong and we, we don't accept it yeah. that's not a it's not a, a women woman issue yeah it's not that it's about entire society if women can work together with men i think they uh, it's a they can have much more power to change the law instead of um work as a as a minority we are not minority we are half the population uh, women is the foundation of a society we are mothers of all the children so the family is based on women so that is so basic so important so i think it's um it's not a it's not a fight men women against women it's the opposite it's a men and women together to build a better society for, for everyone so that's um involving men is the first step and maybe the the great news is then what you said was it 50% of iran's population is less mm-hmm. than 35 years old so that that to me sounds like there's hope because you know you said that the younger generations are especially aware and especially willing to to make change happen and if your younger population is in fact this big it's again we're not talking about a about a minority anymore 
then I think that's two quite big forces uh, that could join join together. Yeah, yes, I'm optimist, <laughs> optimist, uh, <laughs> but I'm also aware of to achieve um, a society which is uh, based on principle of democracy, gender equality, respect for uh, human being as for everyone and freedom for religion and all and so on. And it is not built in so in short time of just one few months. We have to be aware it's a long process and it begins with ourselves. And we try to really understand what is democracy and become a democrat. Um, mm -hmm. accept and respect people there is no judgment for anything for who they are uh, even in Europe um, I experienced uh, this this uh, discrimination against the foreigner it's against yeah. democracy yeah. and it's against fundamental human rights that every person you have right to be who you are which religion you have or which clothing you want to have or anything so um just as a foreigner can be judged by the majority that is against democracy the uh, principle of democracy and uh, equality yeah? human rights absolutely yeah i think we we have a lot of work to do as well I think no society is complete and that's why it's, it's so interesting to have these conversations. And I guess that leads me to the final question that I wanted to ask, which is switching the narrative a little bit. What can the rest of the world learn from Iran? I think if you look at the Iranian, they are very uh, proud of their history. Iran has a 7,000 years history. So they have been different kings and, uh, and there are people who um, were in Iran. The Iran was attacked by Greece, by Mongols and Arabs and Turks. And they have up and down. But Iranians, uh, they kept their own identity. So this identity based on history. There's a long history. And they say, okay, we, we survive, we can, we can stay um, powerful. And today, for example, for women, today women, look at the women 2,500 years ago, that they had freedom to choose their clothing. They have freedom to choose their mate, husband. They have freedom to own land or have business uh, without any man's permission. They have some freedom. And they say, okay, after so many thousands of years, and we can look our, our own history and see um, in spite of up and down and all these things, we as a nation can uh, move uh, and become, so we have to maybe experience so many things, but we move and we develop and we stay strong. So I think one of other countries maybe look at the history and say, okay, what can give us? And it just, you can learn from your ancestor and then just look at the long, long history. Okay, it mm -hmm. has sometimes up, sometimes down. And I think that gives Iranians this identity in uh, being proud of the long history and the cultural tradition and language and something we, uh, we value or value. 
I would say this um, identity that related to history can be uh, learned from Iran. Mm-hmm. And uh, the perseverance and the pride. Yeah, perseverance. That is a good word. Yeah, I agree. And I think we uh, Iranian will also uh, define a way. Always we have we found a way to make better. And this is if it's long history, so it is a process. So we learn, we learn uh, a lot during the Islamic Republic. So we learn about being tolerant because we have forced to have when uh, believe in religion and behave in a certain way. So we learn to be tolerant <laughs> and so okay people want maybe a different religions they have different religions belief and uh, so they, sometimes the negative affect positive so you want to stay ahead um, maybe it's wrong that um, fathers decide for their daughter maybe they it's better to give the daughter freedom to choose who she wants to marry so sometimes um, so much pressure give um, this the opposite positive reaction. So I'm optimistic that we can um, make it as we want it because Iranians are, yeah, perseverance is very strong. Yeah, absolutely. One benefit that maybe you have versus something that we're seeing a lot in Europe right now is that everyone has it fresh in their mind. You know, the consequences of a very strict regime. Everyone understands very concretely uh what it means on a personal level because i think like you said it's very hard to find a woman that hasn't been touched uh by the rules and uh, that's something that's maybe missing i think sometimes from for instance europeans or, or americans is that it's so far in the past that there are not that many people alive anymore who who actually know the consequences of uh, extreme societal enforcements so i think this is something that we can we can definitely learn from yeah absolutely yeah women in europe has also more than hundreds of years of fighting to get the freedom they have now they haven't um for example they have been excluded from education or different kind of job um so that's maybe a, yeah you 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 don't get it for granted but we um, uh, in Iran they have I think they have also very much solidarity or and um, some, look at the uh, the freedom women have in Europe and they say okay if they can achieve it so we can also do it if you could uh, have these rights and and there are women who can be president and Minister, why not in Iran? So we are can do it the same. I, th- I think it's uh, also Iranian can learn from other countries. Yeah, that um, no many in Finland or many other countries they have a, a woman as a president. So why not? Iran can also a female can be president. But today, uh, a woman uh, is not eligible to be a candidate for presidency. Because she's a woman, that's uh, another, co- another example. <laughs> um, I think this is probably the, the right moment to start concluding the conversation. I, I find this uh, this has been very important for for me personally to to learn about these topics. Uh, thank you 
so much for your uh, time and your expertise. I think we're we've discussed something extremely important and uh, and that, that needs to be addressed and heard. Thank you very much for having me.